two minutes it is after 8 p.m. Uh, we continue with our uh, business uh, discussions and it's the second part of our business wrap. And uh, after our business wrap, we're going to check in for our tech conversations with the Vice Chancellor at the University of South Africa. So if you'd like to pose some of your questions to Professor uh, Makanya, please feel free to do so. Give us a ring on 089-110-3377. Many of you have already started to share your tweets and we'll take a look at some of those uh, in our conversation with the Vice Chancellor at the University of South Africa. And uh, they've partnered with MTN uh, to give uh, all of their students 30 gigabytes of data uh, so that uh, learning can continue and uh, many students are suggesting that it's uh, not so straightforward and we'll pick up that conversation uh, uh, in the next few minutes or so. But now we take a look at uh, the uh, Fiscal and Financial Commission and I'm joined by the Fiscal Policy Specialist Eddie Rakabe uh, to speak about uh, the stimulus package and uh, some of their views about, uh, I guess, uh, some of the clues that all of us might expect in that special adjustment budget when it comes to the grants going to sub-national levels of government. Eddie, good evening to you and welcome. Hey, good evening, Aya. Good evening, Sure, sure. Eddie, um, I want us maybe to start off, uh, I guess, with your own assessment of uh, the uh, stimulus. And we'll get to uh, your view on what uh, uh, can be done to reprioritize expenditure on some of the grants that the government uh, takes a provincial and uh, municipal level. But let's start with your view that, you know, this $500 billion is reprioritization of funding and, uh, and that, in your view, maybe only 95 billion rand of the $500 billion is actually an injection of new money. Yeah, yeah, I, I think let's add it to, to really, I mean, what is, I think what we need to really understand what what SDWNAS is, I think, is the, certainly we need to, stimulus basically is, um, you know, reduction in taxes or, or increase in deficit spending mm-hmm. in order to boost, you know, you boost consumption or you boost uh, investment. So sure, you do sure. all these things because you want to reinvigorate the economy. Mm. Counter uh, the business what, cycle, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You counter the business cycle, basically. Mm. So what yeah. has happened with us, as, as, unfortunately, is that a lot of people have have lost their income any pro, uh, potential. Production has also went down. Mm. So what had her government had had to do now is you need to at least get people at a level where at least they were before before the impact of COVID nineteen. Mm. So essentially, what you're doing is you're getting feeling. You fill in, you fill in the vacuum that was left by the impact of COVID nineteen. You know, with the with the stoppage of the economy, people come come So you're not stimulating. You basically relieve, which is almost like you're providing temporary response so that you stave off the massive impact of the of the of the catastrophe of or the crisis. So that is essentially the difference between what we term a relief and a a stimulus. So mm. in the in the five hundred bin, bin, billion that was announced, when you look at the composition of it, only ninety five billion of it is comprised would be comprised of uh, of of borrowing. But then again, when you counter that with the fact that you don't have massive revenue shortfall shortfall as a result of contraction, what you don't then see is that you don't see a significant uh, increase in the in government spending in to the make up for that. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, you actually because, because you still not, it doesn't get you to the level where you are in February when the budget was tabled. Mm. So in that sense, then it does not count much as a as a stimulus. In fact, you're just trying to make sure that people people don't fall into destitution. Yeah. Companies don't 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 bend down. Companies don't close close down uh, with the with the package that was introduced. So essentially, the 95 billion that we're talking about is the money that is going to be borrowed 
even mm. that goal in the south it doesn't really count as much as a stimulus it's just really to plug the gaps which was be, have been left by the by yeah. the let, let me make sense of this, Eddie, um, and maybe the arithmetic here. The first point you made was that, um, you know, the stimulus might take the, the two forms. One is sort of deficit spending, uh, and the other one is really, I guess, uh, you know, reduction in taxation. And uh, yeah. it's quite interesting, I mean, how uh, the Treasury, in responding to some of your remarks, has um, uh, and the remarks of the FFC, um, you know, has suggested that, uh, you know, on the tax side of things, they've, they've relaxed a lot of those measures which have freed up money for firms and households alike. And uh, they also count some of that foregone revenue as uh, potential injections. What, what do you make of that? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, they, uh, yes, admittedly, they, 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 they've introduced quite a number of, of, of tax measures, mm. many of, of which are just tax deferrals. Basically, what they're saying is that in tax, instead of paying your taxes today, you can defer it until a certain period. Mm. Now, the way you assess the impact of a stimulus is the extent to which it actually stimulates aggregate demand in the long run. So, you, so essentially what we are saying is, even with the tax measures, they're still aggregate demand neutral. So they're not necessarily increasing your aggregate demand to such an extent that over, a, over the next short to medium term, you'll see the economy recovering much faster uh, like that. So that's basically our argument. And, 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 and essentially, what, again, the other issue that we note is that, we notice is that in the tax measures, there, there is uh, some cost measures. So some of the tax measures will result in significant costs for the, for, the, for, the, for, the, for the government, which essentially amounts to revenue shortfall. Now, mm. you have tabled a budget which you are unable to afford. So basically, it, that's what it amounts to. You've tabled a budget that you cannot afford because revenue, because you, you're, you're not able to raise sufficient, sufficient revenue. So even with those measures, what we say is that the tax measures are, are very good and they are necessary. But there are just short-term measures to make sure that at least uh, m- uh, companies uh, can still be able to, 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 to operate and, and, and actually don't spend money uh, paying for the taxes, but instead maybe financing the working capital and, and stuff like that. So in that mm-hmm. sense, you make sure that at least people they just stay afloat. The, the companies stay afloat until such time that the, the economy recovers, yeah. which we don't really know. At what point would the uptime start? Sure, to keep sure. Eddie, Eddie, I mean, let, let's talk just talking about that recovery. I mean, one of the things that we know, uh, you know, can have the potential of improving the long run growth potential of the South African economy is investment in infrastructure. And we've yeah. heard the government, uh, you know, different ministers speaking about uh, this idea of an infrastructure led recovery from COVID 19. Now, we know in South Africa that a lot of the infrastructure spend doesn't happen at national level, but um, depending on who has a function or authority over what, uh, happens at sub-national level, provincial and uh, a local government. And uh, there have been massive failures in that space. I mean, money going back to Treasury, projects not being done, in some cases soil not even being turned, and the resources shifted from capital budgets to operating expenditure. Uh, what are some of your views about what could potentially be done to reprioritize expenditure in the special adjustment budget to ensure that we do have the firepower that you were referring to in your first comment and uh, that's needed to really undertake a proper stimulus yeah i mean i mean there are really different ways of going about this uh, i mean the, the recovery interventions one of which would be 
infrastructure spending. Of course, I mean the, the impact would differ, would differ, especially in when it, the way it affects the recovery. So, if you spend money on infrastructure today, the more, you're most likely to, to to get the result or to see the impact of that spending maybe in the next three, four, five years. A bit longer for for you to so infrastructure is good for long term investment so for long term recovery but for short term recovery you need to make sure that you put money in the pocket of the consumer so that people can go out and buy and consume mm-hmm. so that you kick yeah you kick that economy much more much more but one of the things that we we we, we say in there is that the the infrastructure deficiencies you are, that you really are talking about here one of the structural weaknesses that I think even the Treasury in the, in the economic transformation paper has identified. Now, we're saying in the absence or given the fact that you're less likely to have sufficient fiscal capacity to undertake massive, uh, uh, massive stimulus, what you could do in the, short, in the medium to, to long term is to really focus on the structural deficiencies in the economy, one of which is to build infrastructure capacity. So you make sure that in the in the in the short to medium term, you really bolster the capacity of the municipalities of all, all those government departments which are responsible for infrastructure delivery. So that when the money for the stimulus eventually comes in, or when the money for the infrastructure eventually comes in, you've got capacity on the ground to make sure that projects move on the ground and actually are implement implemented much uh, much faster mm. and much more efficiently. Yeah. So that's one of the things. The other thing is. Is to focus on really broader, broader, uh, uh, broader economic reforms, and uh, I think uh, many, many people have spoken widely about the reforms that are actually needed in the economy. One of which is to focus on uh, uh, the concentration in the economy, um, so land reform, for instance, agriculture reform. So all of those things combined is the time for now government to really put much more focus in those. Which are actually the reforms are cost are, are costless, so they're not, not they're not going to cost us as much as the stimulus package. But we, we just say in the absence of the fiscal capacity or because we, we're not going to have sufficient fiscal capacity to undertake this massive uh, stimulus, which we have seen in other countries like the U.S., they've got mm. very big stimulus packages. We can't, we can't afford to do that. But at least in the, sh- in, the mid- in the short to medium term, we focus on those structural reforms to ensure that the economy over time you build the economy over time to, to, to build a sustainable growth. Mm, mm. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the other question then, Eddie, is around, I guess, the mechanics and, and the practicalities of it all. I mean, uh, there are certain projects and, and programs that uh, would have been announced in the February budget that might not be feasible to undertake now. Uh, yeah. Or that might not be, you know, a good idea when we have to dedicate so much money to COVID-19. Well, yeah. what are some of the sort of principles or guiding frameworks that you've suggested uh, to the government in, in your constitutional role as the FFC about which sort of transfers subnationally or otherwise ought to be considered? And we do know from the February budget that that was the main sort of transmission mechanism. And the other was public sector wages. And I'd maybe also like to hear your views on that. Yeah, uh, Essentially, what we say is I adopt a, a more like a, a right-based uh, type of prioritization approach. So a right-based prioritization budget reprioritization approach basically simply means in the short term, in the short to medium term, because we're facing some kind of a, a health crisis, which has turned up to be an economic crisis. Mm-hmm. Make sure you stabilize the health system to ensure that people <coughs> people can access the health system. You make sure you flatten the curve, as you say. You make sure that you, you adequately resource the health sector 
that that's what you should do in, that's what you do in the short term in the in the medium term you make sure that you provide the resources for people who may be poor you know the unemployed and we've seen some interventions in that effect where i mean the 350 uh, grant for people who are unemployed there's been a 500 percent increase for child support grant so all of those things i think are make sure that people don't fall into the state of destitute. That's in the medium term. Mm. Over the long over the long run you 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 focus on stimulus. But how how you finance this thing is, is to, you have got to, sh- to shift the resources of course. And the way to shift the resources you say look at the infra- look at the project that has got nothing to do with COVID nineteen. Mm. If a project for instance is not necessarily associated with COVID nineteen, is not in the health sector Maybe you should be able to say, I can take a little bit of money here. Or for certain projects which you, <coughs> which have been in the pipeline, but there have not been any commitment made, commitments made in terms of budget-wise tender out, uh, you, you delay those projects. Mm. And projects which are already in the, pi- in the pipeline, you get uh, the differential cost, whether there's the increases and all of those things. And then if, if, if the, the, the future costs are not, are that, are not that big, Ah, Eddie, we seem to be losing you there. Do you mind just moving for us slightly? Hello? Yes, yes, I can hear you now. All right. Yeah, there's also quite a number of conditional grants that in our view, there's actually a lot of, uh, I mean, a a bit of, of, of money that can be, that can be reprioritized from in order to, to finance some of the, the, the COVID-19 relief measures. Mm. Uh, especially in cases where you find, I mean, there's been some, some conditional grants which have been in the system for quite a while. Um, and some conditional grants, in our view, which do not necessarily have anything to do with the healthcare sector, we think uh, the money from those conditional grants can be used to then uh, plug in the holes uh, left by by, by COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Eddie, we'll have to leave it there and uh, really, really appreciate you taking time out to speak to us and uh, we hope that uh, I guess many of the officials take the advice that you've given uh, oh. because, um, you know, uh, with the special adjustment budgets coming up in the next, uh, you know, a few weeks or so and uh, we certainly hope that uh, uh, all of the decisions made are able to place us on a fiscally sustainable path but also a path that is able, as Eddie was saying, to get much needed relief to households and to firms and uh, rapidly deploy that so that uh, we don't have the kind of firm level destruction and uh, the end of jobs uh, that is often associated with crises like this. Uh